What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. As always, bringing you great guests from around the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is an award-winning author, keynote speaker, vulnerable storytelling expert, been featured in many news outlets, and also is a significant voice for the LGBTQ community. Please welcome Megan Onan. Megan, that's quite the list of um, things that you do. It is. (laughs) It's grown over the years. What can I say? I've been doing this a long time, so. But isn't that kind of... Isn't that kind of like magnificent how if you start one thing and it evolves into something else and then you just become, yeah. it takes on it like a, um, a life of its own and it takes you to places you never thought possible. Absolutely. You know, and I've learned in my work too, with just like my clients over the years is you find that, that central lane that's yours, you know, and if you stick with that and you stay true to yourself, then it's so easy to branch out and all of the different areas of content production and how you work with clients and masterminds and you can just go and go and go if you just stay in your lane stay in your niche for sure yeah no i love that so what came first was the keynote speaking or becoming an author because i feel like all those things kind of all kind of go hand in hand for me it was becoming an author and that's the first thing i really wanted and even when i was younger i knew that i wanted to be an author and speaker but the writing became it was it was more a natural thing for me yeah. And so I published my first book in 2008. I was mid 20s, super naive about the industry and just had this extreme belief that I was supposed to do it. And I ended up, you know, I don't even know how I got a publisher, but I got a publisher. I just started writing to every publishing company I could and submitting my proposal. And I ended up getting signing with this independent press and starting my career. I left my, you know, it was my last eight to five job. And it kickstarted everything for me and have just been going strong ever since. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, talk, talk about like putting yourself out there and just like going with the flow. Right. Totally. But I totally believed it too. I was like, I can do this. I've got this and I can, you know, I just remember the, feeling that way in my twenties and it actually worked out for me. So that's great. I, you know, what? I want to write a book. I mean, I've got plans to release a book, one specifically for the podcast and one for myself. But that, I mean, everyone I talk to an author, I'm just like, I'm so amazed that you guys actually can sit down and get it done because it's daunting to me. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I go, my gosh, can I do this? You know, and then I like, I just get sidetracked. So I don't know. One of these days we'll get there. And the name (laughs) of your book is Creating Your Heaven on Earth. Is that Mm -hmm. your first one? That's my first one, yeah. And what was that one about? So that one was like just my perspective on life. I actually wrote it while I was in a really bad relationship. Oh, and I think I just wrote myself out of that relationship that I was really digging into who I was and who I wanted to become. Yeah. And I knew what that was. And as soon as I started putting it on paper, I started to see myself in a brighter light. And it sure. just made sense that that relationship wasn't going to work for me anymore. And I was ready to move forward. So it was really kind of like this healing process for me to to yeah. move forward into loving myself in a way that I had never done before. So it's essentially about my spiritual beliefs and what I believe to be true about life. Yeah. That's beautiful though. Like how yeah. cathartic and, and just, you know, being able to do that. I think that's a very healthy way, you know, to get out of a relationship yeah. that doesn't serve you and to kind of look at it on paper like, whoa, this isn't for me. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> yeah, it was a very painful time too, you know, uh, 
being in your 20s and not knowing who you are and really trying to figure that out. You know, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. But looking back, I can see that that's how it played out. Yeah. Wow. How powerful. And so now your second book was Courage, Agreeing to Disagree is Not Enough. Right. Yeah. So um, that one. So I'm a person who's gay and I came out of the closet in Mississippi in the early 2000s and had a very traumatic, traumatic, traumatic experience and was rejected by my spiritual community at the time. And so with that struggle along the way of my journey of really accepting who I am as an LGBTQ person, yeah, the things that I heard the most were, Megan, I love you, but I don't agree with your lifestyle, or I don't agree with this, or I don't agree with you getting married, or blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and on, but yeah. there was always a but. And I just really got tired of hearing that. And in 2014, when this book was published, you know, there was a lot going on in the world. Gay marriage was on the table as a topic. People were talking about, you know, what was going to happen. And so that was another cathartic book of just really working through how to deal with those moments for me and how challenging that was, especially I left Mississippi and came back. I was back in Mississippi in 2014. And just really trying to deal with the climate and deal with another level of loving myself again. So it was, you know, a topic that I felt like I needed to address for myself and my community to bridge the gap of communication between us. And to not, you know, just talk about what was right and wrong, but to just get to know each other on a deeper level. Yeah. That was the purpose of that one. Beautiful. I mean, what does, I mean, I think when people say I love you, but it's just such a major sense of rejection. Absolutely. You know, and it, that that can do such so such harm to an individual. And I know in yeah. your community specifically that that's one of the things that really hurts a lot of, you know, LGBTQ people. Right. Mm -hmm. It causes yeah. them to commit suicide and do things that are not a lot of shame. Yeah. Which is terrible, which I completely disagree with. Like, you know, I love everybody. Come here. Let me just give you a big hug. You know, like <laughs> I have no judgment whatsoever. And thank God for that, because I feel like um, placing judgment on people is you're doing yourself a disservice by not getting to know them for who they are, because like, you know, label free, you put a label on them that is just so limiting to who they really are. And so, you know, and now you're doing your you have a significant voice. But hold on a second. You have your third book coming out uh this month or is it already out it is so the ebook is being launched this month the um actual launch is in april so the hard launch is in april and um yeah you were talking about how hard it is to write a book this has been a book that's been in process for two years and it has been really hard to finish um but it's my memoir and it's definitely the most vulnerable i've been in anything that I've written. I'm usually pretty vulnerable, but this took it to another level, which is why it was really hard to write because it was kind of taking me through deeper levels of healing that I didn't expect. And um, so I'm really happy with the product. I'm happy with where it's at. I'm really excited to get it out there. It's called Held and Free. And um, I have a four-year-old now. My wife and I have a four-year-old. We've been married for, well, we've been together for almost 15 years, but Oh, wow. Decided decided to have a family. And the one thing that I think about as a parent for her is just wanting her to feel held, but also free. Yeah. And that's how I've wanted to feel in my life. And so it's about that concept and through my journey, basically. Sure. sure. Yeah. So what could you share a vulnerable part of the book that was hard for you to get on paper? 
Um, a lot. So that relationship I was talking about earlier, that one, revisiting that one was really hard for me because it was such a painful time in my life. Yeah. Um, so that was the hardest part to work through for me because I think at the time I just, I did not love who I was at all. And that was the thing that really pushed me to look in the mirror the most was it just really broke my spirit. It really broke me and made me face myself. So that was the hardest part for me to get through. Yeah. Was that your first like major um, lesbian relationship? No, it wasn't. It it wasn't my first. It was a, probably the most serious. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I moved across country with this woman and I just had a lot of hope and expectations. And I really, you know, let her define who I was and it just was very emotionally unhealthy and I let myself I really lost myself in that relationship so that's what made it I think so painful yeah and that's no fun you know it's yeah. interesting I spoke to a lot of you know LGBTQ people and it's it, it, there's a common denominator not with all but more the the percentage is very high that those first really serious relationships tend to be the hardest and not the most healthy and I wonder why that is. Why do you think that is within your community? There's not a lot of role models, for one. You know, you grow up not seeing healthy relationships. I have a very healthy relationship now, but I think that's a result of the work we've done on ourselves as individuals. Yeah. And so there's so much trauma and there's so much lack of trust in the LGBTQ community of other people that I think it makes intimate relationships really, really hard. And you have to be willing to do some seriously hard work around your shame, around how you feel about yourself, that if you don't do that work, it's just going to make those relationships very difficult to be successful. That's, that is great advice. So what would you tell a young person that is, you know, an LGBTQ and is getting into the first serious relationship? What would you, what would you tell them to move forward with within that relationship? Um, take it slow. <laughs> um, get a sense of who you are in the middle of that and, and make sure that you're both working on yourself separately, like either through therapy or through a coach or, you know, just be very intentional about how you're working on yourself to become a better person and make sure your partner has that same, that same outlook yeah, that they also want to work on themselves and grow because if you are the only one evolving, then the partnership will never work. You both have to evolve together and communicate. So that's what I would say. That that's what I wish I had done. Yeah. So I had a little brother. Well, we like my family adopted him, and he was you know he came out gay very young. We had done martial arts together, and he was rejected by our sensei. You know, I was very upset with that. And as he grew up, he was a teenager. He was getting involved with older men that were very abusive towards him. Mm -hmm. And I remember at one point, I went to go rescue him from this guy's house. I kicked in the door like, my brother's coming with me, you know, because he was oh. like, you know, my little brother. And I, and he, it took him a while to get into a healthy relationship with a man because he was so used to this negative type of environment within his relationship. And I was just like, you know, I mean, I was like came to rescue him whenever he needed me. But it, I just watched that evolution for him within his relationships with other men. So 
you know, for me, I'm like very, you know, very passionate about making sure that if you are going to be in a another in a relationship, well, I mean myself, I've been in abusive relationships relationships too. I mean, <laughs> we all we're all like, you know, we all can absolutely when it comes down to it, yeah, be exposed to it. Yeah. So you are a uh, keynote speaker, and now do you are, are your speaking engagements focused around being a positive voice within your community? It has been a large part of my career. I will say that, but I've really moved into in the last four or five years. I've moved, kind of shifted more into like the storytelling space. Yeah. And um, so I'd speak a lot. So I'll go into corporations or um, I work for uh, a talent agency right now. I consult with all of their speakers in this space because this has become my thing. Yeah. Um, And just the power of storytelling and how it actually shifts narratives and how it shifts communities perspectives and how it can shift a corporate culture um, because I've just seen it in my own life. And the work that I've done over the years here in Mississippi, I've approached hard conversations with my story and with my experience and then just welcome people in to share their experience or whatever it is. And I've just seen so much good come from that perspective and using storytelling as a tool to, you know, bridge differences that now it's just become my passion and my teaching point because I've seen it just do such positive things in my own life. And so I use that in all aspects, uh, the book that's coming out, my speaking, my work, you know, at the agency, whatever it is I'm doing, it's at this, it's the central part of who I am because I just, I really love it. I love it so much. That's great. Yeah. What are some things that you're proud of with your, as being significant voice within your community with pastors? You know, I'd like to hear that because I think that's got to be a very interesting uh, experience talking yeah. to pastors about, you know, being positive around your community? Well, there's been a lot. Um, like I was the net first national coming out day speaker at Mississippi State University ever. And that cat- so that landed me on the front page and that just kind of catapulted all these conversations happening over the course of many, many years. Yeah. And so I'd end up on like, you know, Mississippi Public Radio multiple times. So I was being exposed by other Mississippians yeah. The entire time where I was on local TV stations having debates with Baptist pastors about, you know, gay rights or gay marriage. And my approach was always, this is how I feel about it. You're not wrong. This is how I feel and how it makes me feel. When when, when you do this, this is, this is what I feel. Yeah. And it always opened that door to a deeper conversation um, with them after a show or after an event or whatever it was. There was always follow up. Yeah. And so I saw the power of that approach in those, you know, and bringing those conversations so we could just get to know one another. And I've never wanted to change anyone's mind. Why would I do that when people done it to me my whole life? You know, like I always approach a conversation just trying to understand and just trying to love who that person is and letting them love me. And yeah. I think that's where the breakdown, you know, can become a challenge for people is they're not willing to let other people in and see, see them for who they are. Yeah. But if you do it first, and I tell corporate leaders this all the time, if you show yourself, I promise you, people will let you see them. Yep, absolutely. That, that, that vulnerable piece is huge. Do you yep. think that you've moved the needle in terms of um, the impact you've made within the religious community around you in Mississippi? Absolutely. I yeah. do. I mean, and not just me. There's many other people who have helped along that process. I mean, I I would say that 
you know, when I first started out in like 2010, 2011, 2012, those years were very scary years for a lot of LGBTQ people here. They didn't want to go on camera. They didn't want to go on the radio because they were afraid of losing their jobs. They were afraid of being exposed. And so I was always like, yes, even though I was scared shitless, but I always said yes, because I felt like I needed to do it for me. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we had our first pride parade in 2018, which was huge. And as the tradition has continued. And so I feel like just the little conversations over time have made a really big difference here because I'm in where I was rejected. I live where I was rejected. And so exposing my story to everyone in the community has been very healing for me, but I also think it's just opened the door for more conversations. Yeah. And just people opening their mind to something that they've been so closed off to, because it's not like you have the plague, you know, like I don't under, I personally just don't understand it, but we're not going to go there. Um, Where can people find you, reach out to you, connect with you and learn more? Um, so my website, everything is there, meganonan.com, M-E-A-G-A-N-O-N-A-N.com. All my social media, anything you want to know about me is there, pretty much. Right. Or you can also Google me. That's fun. <laughs> I know, right? Google. They got so much out there. You guys will put that link in the show notes. So if you are interested in connecting with Megan, go ahead and click that link. Go reach out to her. Go check out her social media links and follow her. Um, and yeah, continue the conversation if you are interested in, in having her help you with that. Um, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today? Hmm. I think I'll stay on the story, storytelling kick here is just like, be willing to look at yourself and share your stories because it's the one sacred thing you have to actually shift a conversation or to change someone's life and ultimately heal your own life. Ooh, that's good. I couldn't agree more. That was beautiful. Megan, thank you so much for the work that you do and for being open and honest and vulnerable and just trying to change the perspective around people's view, closed-minded people's view on your community. I think it's a beautiful thing. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcasts. Live your best life. You must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And now I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.